0: Gather round, ye faithful, and join us (laughs) for I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my law cast, featuring, as always, the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons, staring on the prospect of entertainment or relevance. I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which is a soybean factory farm enterprise. I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy. I am your other co-host,
1: Noah Tarno, the founder and senior quizmaster of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular, America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events, which is a real thing. I feel like Bill. See, ever since you started this thing of of you know saying American Caesar Enterprises is some insane, unrealistic thing, yes, I just feel this pressure to actually say that what the Big Quiz thing does is real because I don't want people. <laughs> I have sorry. literally had moments in my life where people are like, "What do you do for a living?" and I'm like, "Oh, I'm a quiz master. I run a trivia company." People are like, "Yeah, right. Really? What it's, do you do?" It sounds
0: like what I'm doing. I'm, in, I'm unfortunately I'm impugning your whole business model by being farcical exactly. over here.
1: All right. Well, this is the thing. Like, this is why I need to get off my ass and be prepared more often to do the intro of the show so I can go first. Yeah. So you could do whatever your crazy bullshit is after I've established (laughs) that I am a man of honesty. Well, here's the thing. Even if you might not.
0: I have traveled around the world, Noah. I have been to the top of the Great Pyramid of uh, Giza. I have been to the bottom of the ocean. I have been to Miami, even. I do know that there are many quiz masters in the world in many different countries. So I think that it is sort of self-evident. It's not something that you have to prove. Because I'm I'm good friends with the Quizmaster here in, in the Netherlands.
1: It's funny. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. And when I started doing it, it was kind of unknown. And definitely over time, people express less surprise or less complete confusion about what the concept is. When I first started the big quiz thing in New York, just doing public events... I remember like in preparation for it I'm like oh I'm going to go to every trivia night in New York City which I think topped out at 4. And now, you know, you couldn't count it. I mean, I remember reading at some point well over 10 years ago that half the pubs in London have a, had a weekly quiz and I'm sure it's well before COVID. Yeah, not sure now, was, but yeah, I guess. Right. It saying. was close to close to that in New York City and every week I'm hearing about some new company I didn't know about before. So it's definitely changed, but of course my one of my favorite I got screwed by show business stories ever is When I got to pitch the big quiz thing to Comedy Central, brought into the office to pitch it to a big shot at Comedy Central, I had the unfortunate luck of the person I was supposed to pitch it to, like, left a week before. So the woman we pitched it to not only was new and and wanted a slam dunk for her first thing to Greenlight, but she had literally never heard of a pub quiz. Wow. She, She was completely unfamiliar to the concept. One of the things I gathered for the little work I've done with TV is that TV is just... You know, it's a total crapshoot who gets greenlit and who doesn't. And if you got a sellable thing and if you got a celebrity and if you got a good concept, you know, you improve your odds.
0: Yeah, it's also, but, so it's, but there's there's no guarantee. It's based on trade wins, for Christ's sake, you know. Well, Noah, speaking of trade wins and uh, things that yes. just pop up. Yeah, speaking of selling something by a celebrity. By I know, way, really. That's a, that's I a mean, big thing. Yeah, here, we're, we'll get into it here. So, our topic yeah. this week. Yes. Is, is uh, something called um, vers- Versus. I'm going to say Versus. I, Verses. you're gonna say versus I'm sticking with versus versus okay uh, Veracruz is that what it's called I, I'm not even sure see that this is one of these things I, you know, I I read about it and I saw the hashtag before I've actually heard anybody say it so I'm still not entirely sure Yes, yeah, so our topic this week is vers- I'll, I'll adopt your thing versus which is a um a program it's an internet webcast I guess you might call it it's a head-to-head matchup between two musicians in a format invented by Timbaland and Swizz Beats Timbaland
1: aka timothy mosley and swizz Beats, aka kasim dean i used to be the master of knowing every i don't know jack shit about hip-hop but i used to know the real names of every major hip-hop person right so when i can i still like to chime in with that just because I, I i find the Timbaland or timothy mosley i just find the contrast to be
0: amusing and th- this is gonna this is gonna pay off later, folks. Trust me. Oh, totally, totally. Anyway, so this this versus started on March twenty-four. So it's a relatively new invention. It's definitely a bit our uh, last six months. Our light motif, a running motif, has been the idea of um, COVID culture because entertainment in some ways, has stepped up or responded to it in many different fashions. What Versus is, it's a program, again, designed during quarantine. It was built as competing live, Instagram live streamcasts, And they would kind of, and the first one was, in fact, Timbaland and Swizz Beats. They would almost like play a set against each other. They were, it was like DJ battle, if you will. And it was for fun. It was just, you know, because they were bored, I'm sure. They saw that there was a lot of people looking for entertainment. They had big fan bases. They were using Instagram live. It was social media. It was a nice collusion of all those things. It was fairly organic. You know, it was just them getting together because they're luminaries they're you know they've got millions of dollars and hundreds of records and and a lot of renown between them so they decided let's fuck around sounds a little bit like you know battle the network stars (laughs) what a comparison oh my
1: god it's Harvey villachez in a versus jamie farr in a dj
0: battle that's what i want to see so yeah anyway dj battle or something like that set against set instagram live This thing got popular, it popped up, it jumped up, as the kids say. Interest leapt up incrementally with each installment. The numbers began in the tens of thousands, and now, months and months later, two seasons into it, you have upwards of the millions. Sample head-to-head matchups have been, again, Swizz versus Timbaland set it all off, and those guys are the producers, so they've maintained a level of quality control and programming. This is really, not necessarily going to say a product of ego, but a product of their taste level. They're the ones programming it, so they're keeping a standard level of quality And I assume at this point now, they can get whomever they want.
1: They've quoted, they're trying to get Pharrell, they're trying to get Kanye, and they can't get
0: them. All right, so there's there's only a few sharpshooters they can't get. But for the most part, everyone they've wanted, they've managed to get, you
1: know. It's telling that even me, very hip-hop knowledge deficient, I've heard of just
0: about everyone in these things. Just about so everybody. these are these are damn big names. Yeah, they are. There are. So I mean, again, T Pain against Little John, Erica Badu versus yeah. Jill Scott, Nelly uh, against Luda. The
1: upcoming episode, they're breaking format a little. Gladys Knight versus Patti Labelle. I know. Good for them.
0: I know. That's Good a, for.
1: Th- I want to see more of that. I want to see more breaking the mold. You old know? school, yeah. Not, yeah, old school. I mean, the last episode was Brandy versus Monica.
0: Yeah, which was I mean, I mean huge. Like they had something like twenty. Yeah, the R&B million. diva,
1: slightly different. Right. I liked that they're definitely thinking it more
0: creatively than they have to. This kind of fit into that good COVID batch, basket of good COVID culture, but I'll let you go first. I want to hear what you think about this thing.
1: Yeah, so first of all, shout out to a, uh, a big fan of the show and a good friend of mine, Mary Reeves.
0: Hey, I, I know her.
1: Uh, this was her idea. She's not much of a hip-hop head, as far as I could tell, but she loves our show, and she very much wanted to suggest the topic for us, and, and she made a great suggestion, so thank you, Mary. As usual, your explanation is lacking, because... <laughs> You have problems. But to be fair, it took me a while to wrap my mind around this. So it's a DJ battle. So for example, both Swizz Beatz and Timbaland have produced a ton of hip hop over the last 20, 25 years. And and most of the people on the show have stood the test of time. Most of these are names that have been around. They're not like this year's flavor. They've been around five And they're, 10, and they're 15, clients of these years. guys
0: too. So you're, you're talking about there's a lot of right. deep, there's a lot of cross right. webs and cross connections too.
1: So these guys are producers and the idea is for two hours on Instagram Live, they take turns playing songs that not only that they love, but like that they were involved with, that they produced, that they had a hand in. And one does one and one does the other and it's a battle in that, all right, who's got, who's playing the better songs. But there's no real winner. I think Swiss Beats was quoted saying, the winner is the music, the winner yeah. is the fans. Right. But all the comments on Instagram Live were like, you win, you win, this is great, that is great. And they're telling stories and they're singing live a little. You know, when it's, when it's people like Brandy and Monica... Or Babyface or, or, uh, or Erica Badu and Jill Scott. You know, so there's some live rapping, live singing, live even guitar playing. It's very casual. I mean, they've been plagued by a lot of technical errors, but that's part of the, the charm of this, right? Although since uh, May, I believe, Versus has entered an arrangement with Roland, the... I used to know it was like they would make all the synthesizers that, like, Nick Rhodes and Gary Newman used in the early 80s. Uh, So now they have equipment they send to these people, so it's a little higher quality, but it still has a very casual, off-the-cuff, these stars, they're just like us, playing from home kind of thing. And I think that's part of its appeal. So just to give you an idea what's going on here. I mean, this is firmly in the camp of shit I don't care about, but I like that it's out there, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of hip-hop. There's not a lot of appeal here for me because this feels kind of insular you know they're telling stories from the world they're using the lingo of that world and a lot of it is about recognizing these songs and recognizing their work and i don't for the most part you gotta really be a hip-hop fan to get a lot of use out of this you know i get it a lot of people are hip-hop fans so you have to really appreciate it not everything's for me and Certainly, this is for a lot of people. I mean, my knee-jerk wants to be like, oh, well, the sound quality's bad. It's amateurish. It's very inside baseball, so it sucks. But again, I'm able to separate what I like versus what other people like. They're holding a good liner. They're sending people the Roland equipment and saying from now on, you like each song has to be limited to a minute 30, right? right. Yeah. Really helping to troubleshoot and and standardize the format. So it still has that casual behind the scenes, stars just like us thing, but it still has some quality control. This also is an example of something I was really kind of saying was really great about Quarantine early on, which was you were seeing people being creative with their limitations. And this is certainly an example of people figuring out how to make something new. You can't go to the club, so how do we give you that kind of experience or something like that experience At home with a unique spin that you can't mimic at the club and the Brandy versus Monica one the most watched one raised a shit ton of money for a voting rights organization got 35,000 more people registered to vote.
0: That's excellent. It's hard to be black and not an activist now. I mean honestly this is there's a a fucked up world. Everybody knows what's going on God. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with you. This is something that, uh, I'll be honest, since this is a trip down memory lane for a lot of people. Uh, you're talking about people who were big from the mid-90s up until, yeah, present day for sure. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, some of these names I don't know. Maybe these people are from the last five years. Aside from heard, the so. hits, I'm largely unfamiliar with T-Pain's work, um, Lil Jon, Erica Badu. And I don't think I've heard a single song from Erica Badu or Jill Scott. Erica Badu was big in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah, no, she was she, I remember she, she, that. She's yeah. been at it for a while, yeah. Um, yeah. Nelly and Luda, I know again, they're hits, I don't go deep on them. Yeah. Brandy and Monica, again, they were enormous when we were when we were younger. And I remember they did the song The Boy Is Mine. Yeah, um, they had
1: a they had a duet.
0: Oh, I know, but they also had contention, too. Part of the reason why that was such a big thing is that they were almost like um, there was some tension between them. They were rivals. Yeah, uh, you and- read about this now, like they buried the hatchet.
1: Every time they talk about celebrity rivalries, especially in the hip-hop world, I always think it's overblown.
0: Uh, it probably they, is. They
1: talk about people hating each other. And I'm sure, Hey, some of it's for show. You mm-hmm. know, I'm sure so, some of these people have like made up bullshit rivalries just to get attention. Yeah, it's
0: beefing. It's beefing, yeah. It's
1: like being on a reality show. You pretend you hate someone just so the camera stays on you i I don't believe most of these people really
0: you're you're probably you're probably right it's just a narrative whatever it's a pop narrative that's fine for all the reasons you stated there is something really positive here in that the two guys who were bored who wanted to entertain who realized that there were a lot of fans hungry for something and that you could get right to them without going through a network and now they've since pivoted to I think Apple puts them out so they are alloyed and again you have all sorts of brands associated with the table between them now is like filled with Ciroc vodka right all the equipment is rolling so they're sponsored at the S now it does still have this patina of we did it ourselves it's just some friends getting together and putting something ad hoc very quickly because we wanted to you know we wanted to show off and we wanted to tell each other in a public venue uh, how much we each enjoy each other's output and that's the thing I really like about this is listening to what's seems like very honest and encomiums how the work hit you how their most famous work like listening to snoop dogg talk about dmx y'all y'all gonna make me lose my mind that kind of thing, x gonna give it to you like these right. are these by are, the way i yeah.
1: remember without looking up the real names of both of those guys
0: calvin brodus and earl simmons thank you continue snoop has been evergreen you know snoop is like paul yeah. lynn the guy's been around forever he's Dude, i've seen his wine in supermarkets That's awesome now. that's awesome but he is, is that awesome or is it oh well i you know i appreciate his long longevity. He's gone through a number of fits and starts in his career. He's almost always been relevant to some degree. You're at this point now where hip-hop can have elder statesmen, whereas um, up until the early 2000s, you know, people weren't out. They aged out of it. You you were thrown out for the new guy. But you have guys like Snoop who are in their 50s. You know, Jay-Z, they're all about the same age. Uh, Dr. Dre, they stuck around and they become standard bears, the elder statesmen. So Snoop has this credibility now. And I mean, I love that because, you know, we grew up. Snoop was after he did, um, he was on The Chronic with Dr. Dre, and then he put out um, Doggy's He was dangerous. You know, there was still something about him because he was in and out of jail. He was in legal problems. He still was the face of like West Coast gang. What is it? Bloods or... I forget if he was Crip or Blood affiliated, that kind of thing. But it's like he's so far from that now. He's such a mellow positive guy. I don't even think he smokes anymore. I think he... um, Really? I thought he kind of backed off. Yeah. On top of everything else. That's funny. Like listening to him talk about DMX, especially because DMX has been in a pile of shit for the last decade or so. That guy's been in and out of jail. And you know, it's funny. He put on a of weight, he's like roly poly now, and considering back in the day, he was that guy in all his videos, he was like blast ripped. He, ha- he was the sound of like the late 90s. I mean, he was he yeah. made all this money, and I'm sure he lost every goddamn penny of it anyway. So, the thing is, him and him and Snoop not battling each other, but versus each other was really friendly. And it's like, you know, it's recognizing the fact that Snoop is, he's been around Snoop's probably a millionaire many, many, many times over and many times. over. DMX needs the help, but like to see him in this venue is great. And to see like Snoop telling him how much his work means to him. Like, I love that stuff. And it seems so honest people who are professionals, like, you know, they have an eye to eye relationship where it's like, you do the same job. And only a few of us do it at this level. I know stories that, you know, and we have something in common. Common, right? And, you right. know, it's like it's not that they're telling us what it's like; they're telling each other what it's like.
1: It's like comedians in cars getting coffee.
0: Kind of. I mean, yeah. at the at the beginning, I thought that show had a lot more charm because there was a very there was a very clubby feel to it, and I love that inside baseball shit. I, I mean, I, I, obviously. Yeah,
1: I If you're a fan of the... This is what I say. The Inside Baseball shit goes nowhere for me with hip hop. I'm not a fan of it. You said DMX needs the help. We haven't said that. This has had a huge effect on the sales. Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every artist who's been on this, apparently they've seen a massive spike. Big ripple effect, yeah. I guess, downloads. So when you say DMX needs help, great. I'm sure all of DM... The 20 hits he played probably all saw increases in sales. So, you know, why not? And maybe that's another, well, we'll get to why it's popular, but maybe that's something else. Like, because these are people who stood the test of time, this is comfort food music that we're, that you're wallowing in. And right? Noah,
0: whereas once X gave it to us, now we are able to give it to X. Me and Swiss sit down and we kind of really curate the matches well. And um, we try to do the unpredictable, not what people predict. We don't really like to use the word battle. Although, you know, uh, it's natural to say battle when two people are playing songs uh, with each other. Um but more this is more of a celebrational um, educational celebration, we like to call it.
1: Why has versus caught on? Why is it primed for a third season? Why are people downloading these songs?
0: It's sort of a main event, right? You know, there are few other things in its arena like it right now. It's something you can just get to, and it's on the regular with a lot of people. It's a buzzy head-to-head uh, matchup between between Titans. I mean, I don't think there's any any other way to call it. These are, these are A-listers uh, almost all around, as much as I understand what that means in the world of hip-hop and rap. There's a lot of fan adoration going back to the 1990s for some of these people, yep. you know? So I yep. think that I'll say the secret sauce in this, the little dash of MSG is the nostalgia thing because, and this is probably why Swizz and Tim are really smart, they have doubled down on that. And I say nostalgia for stuff that was late 90s, early 2000s. and Not that they've ignored, you know, certainly modern acts, but they, you know, it, it's, it's not an accident that you're bringing these guys in who were huge around the turn of the millennium. DMX made so much money. That was the sound of, of, that's like a lot of people's childhoods. I mean, I was looking at the comments on YouTube videos for these things, clips and all that stuff, and people just kept saying, this was 2000, this was 2001 for me. Like, yeah. this was the sound yeah. of it. And so it's like, you know, you, you have something that's got this structure of pandemic entertainment it's a form where you can just get something pretty organic thrown at you even if it's through the 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 play-doh fun factory of apple and roland and siroc vodka it's still being shown right to you you know you can watch it however you want so you're getting it's just one level removed between you and these people and it's the sound of your childhood in a lot of cases i mean that's brandy and monica that was their big days was like 1998 that was their thing yeah you know yeah it's comforting during the you know, during the pandemic, to eat sourdough bread, to, to, you know, do all these things that people are doing, and then to listen to um, The Boy Is Mine all over again.
1: Yeah, and like some of the other things we've talked about during quarantine, it's a facsimile for experiences that people really enjoy you know, when things are more normal.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it.
1: You know, you can't hang out at the club. And we talked about this with so many of our topics. The most powerful force in show business and entertainment
0: is... Celebrity. Celebrity. Celibacy, yes.
1: Well, not that. Uh, (laughs) And uh, celebrity is just you know, permeated with this. In fact, it's telling that so many of the thing this thing has gotten huge and among the people who were watching the Brandy versus Monica battle or you know, and they show you photos of those people. Like that's the most important thing to find out that freaking, you know, Lenny Kravitz watched one of
0: these. Kamala things. Harris called in, for God's sake. Kamala. Ka- Kamala Harris, sorry, Kamala Harris.
1: And and I'm stickler about that, not just because of the name thing. No, I you're said right, before, you're right, you're right. But because The GOP is making a conscious effort to call her Kamala. Yeah. Because they want people to think of Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter, WWF heel, whose last name was Harris. Isn't that bizarre?
0: It is. And he
1: died like the day before she was announced as Biden's running. I know. So celebrity is more popular than ever. And they're selling it on that. There's the celebrities are just like us thing, which I think is particularly sticky during the pandemic. Because I don't know about you, especially six, seven months in, I'm getting this feeling of like, I look around and I feel like. How come everyone else is going out there and enjoying life, but somehow I can't? They're all breaking the rules. I can't. Well, this shows you that even, you know, powerful hip-hop people, they're limited as well. And they're telling you to stay in, too. Right. These people who are breaking all the rules aren't breaking this rule. So, you know, maybe it's taking you back to real life. And also, look, like you said, the comfort food, these are people who stood the test of time. They're not the flavor of the month. They're not this week's rap star. It's not uh, Juice World versus <laughs> Juice World's Dead. It's not who's even alive Who's who's, <laughs> who's... who's left? It's uh Who, who didn't uh, die? Uh, who's Left? Uh, what's his name? I can't even remember Oh, X it's six. Takashi. Takashi. Six... Takashi. Thank you. Takeshi. Takeshi versus Versus himself, probably. So, you know, they've set the test of time. There's an argument to me, not only nostalgia factor, but these people know what they're doing, you know? Kasim and Timothy clearly have been around the block. They have this... And they've even said that. They've said, like, all these people are writing in on the Insta stream and going, you should have me on, you should have me on, you should have me on. He's like, look, the whole idea of this is like, you got to have 20 hits yeah. in your back pocket. You're not going to have that if you're Takeshi or whoever, no. right? And you're certainly not going to have that if you're just some amateur, no matter how talented you are. Yeah, you so, need like, you need
0: to be a legend, Yeah.
1: This is about legends. And that's why I'm not a huge fan of people like Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight, but at least I'm more familiar with their their music. So I'm kind of curious about that. And then I find myself thinking like, damn, I'd really enjoy this if this were rock stars, because yeah, right. mm. I'm a rock fan, right? Oh, Like, man, give me Bruce Springsteen versus Elvis Costello playing each playing 20 of their hits. Hmm. Like, oh my God, would I love that. Also, it's got the sort of like counting down ranking kind of thing. Like, that's kind of fun. I've always liked charts and stats and things like that. So like, if you're a hip hop nerd, this thing is, is candy. X, I love you, car. I love you more, brother.
0: No, tell me. When you were a kid, would you have liked this? Definitely
1: more than I like it now. As I've said many times, I'm sure I would, even if I weren't a hip-hop fan, I would have more familiarity with it. So I would be more in that world than I am now. There's an element here, too, that's a little mysterious to me because Instagram Live is something I've never engaged with. Mm -hmm. But I'd be a native in that world, probably, or at least more familiar with it. Both the form and the content would be something that If I'm not crazy about it, at least I would be more comfortable with. So therefore, odds are I'd be more into it. I'd have more appreciation for it. And like I said, I always love the kind of chart counting down thing that's true so, that is your thing i, I know mean, that you're you're i, I at... mean I, I mean that was how i got into rock and roll as a kid i bought those chart books like the history of billboard charts and i read them to shreds so now like i say it like elvis costello versus tom pet uh tom petty well, his dad but elvis costello versus bruce springsteen or tom petty versus uh 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 u2 bono mm-hmm. or whatever like think of all the rock stars i liked when i was a teenager like oh my god them doing this i w- would have been my favorite thing as a teenager
0: yeah, well you wouldn't so need it you wouldn't need it some impresario at the center of it. But I mean it could still yeah, happen. Well, I mean I I'm surprised someone well, hasn't ripped it off, you know.
1: Well two things. One, actually, I don't know what the credibility of this but Wikipedia says that Kasim and Timothy have been talking to Kevin Hart about doing a comedian's version. Yeah. I don't know how that would work, but I'd be intrigued by that. And I'm sure if they did that, that would drift away from African Americans a lot more quickly than the musical version is going to. I think if Versus keeps going, the fact that they're doing Monica versus Brandy and now Gladys Knight versus Patti LaBelle, I think that this keeps going ad infinitum. I think it's inevitable that they're going to get away from African-American music genres. I think we will be seeing rock and roll in some form. I think think it's almost almost inevitable.
0: I think you would need a Rick Rubin or somebody to come on, whoever the uh, the equivalent guy is.
1: So they bring in Rick Rubin. He does 10 hip hop songs. He does 10, you know, songs by white people. He does Johnny Cash. Because, why not? Mix it up. The format will still work, you know, and then you'll get people like me. I'm never going to watch. The hyphen dream versus who did the dream go
0: against? I forgot,
1: yeah. Sean, some I'm never gonna watch Fabulous versus Jada Kiss, hmm. but I'm fucking a going to watch. I keep coming back to Elvis Costello versus Bruce Springsteen because that's my dream among people who are alive now. Uh, Costello has produced a ton of great records, even apart from the things he's recorded. Springsteen is guested with everyone. I mean, they stick to those rules, it has to be songs you're involved with. See, this is what I want. Now I want you, those now you're
0: two. Dudes. Yes, I would definitely be watching something like this, but it's based on a provider that i would be uh, have more hip-hop and rap in my um right my, my right. diet because i didn't have any when i was a kid i mean other than what was played on the radio but it's not necessarily what i listened to but there is something very bewitching about that whole inside baseball clubby thing especially when i was a kid i love that idea that i was nearer to these people that it was unfiltered that i was hearing the stories they were telling each other in the 1990s uh the comedy central had in the world of them looking for their identity what they would do is have a lot of comedians talking to other comedians type shows of, of different stripes and some of them were better than others but I loved seeing stand-ups when it was almost like they they weren't talking to the audience they were talking to another stand-up yeah flying the wall shit is great the way they relate to each other is different and I kind of want to hear that conversation I can't have it with them but I really enjoy that like you said it's just uh, what you say celebrities are just like us and yeah. I, I you know maybe that is that's never why it Meant something to me because I didn't want celebrities to be like me. I really wanted celebrities to be like them. Do what you do because that's more exciting and sexy than whatever I have to do. Um, <laughs> I want I want to see your life with all the with but, all the but weirdness. But
1: you're more self-effacing than the average American man. Perhaps come on.
0: I want a president
1: who I can have a beer with. Shut the fuck up. Thank you for doing this for when we all vote, it's so important. leave. Everyone, you both have used your voice in such a powerful way. And an extension of our voices is our vote, right? Is the rise of verse a sign of the apocalypse?
0: No, not at all. Um, going back to the racial thing, it, it's kind of worth mentioning. So far, there have only been two white artists on the show, and they were head-to-head against each other. It was uh, Ryan Tedder, who is sort of a producer, singer, songwriter with a, a shitload of credits. And he's kind of a big pro. He's worked for years, and he's dipped in and out of R&B as well. But he went up against this guy named Benny Blanco. I've never heard oh, yeah. of him. I've heard made... of these guys, but I don't know about him. Tedder, yeah. I know. Tedder's, Tedder is, has been in a bunch of... Oh, he was in One Republic. That's it. He's the One Republic guy. And it was pretty he's much... worked
1: for Adele... Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Oh, I take that back. I didn't know because I say before it's like no white person has done this.
0: Ryan Tedder is a beast, and he's the the kind of guy that I think these guys would cross over with first. And I don't I don't know who Betty Blanco is.
1: Betty Blanco has done Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber, Halsey, Katy Perry. All right, so see already they've drifted away from quote unquote
0: black music. It's hip hop infused. It's R and B infused. So there's there's still cross discipline. Okay, all right,
1: but but the show's only been on a few months. Give them time. I'm not saying the first stop should be Costello versus Springsteen, but I'm saying we're going to get there eventually. They're broadening their horizons slowly. Eventually, they're going to have two classical music scholars. That would be cool. They're going to do Scott
0: Joplin next.
1: (laughs) Scott Joplin versus uh, Dan Rice. Hoagy
0: Carmichael.
1: (laughs) Hoagy Carmichael versus uh, Leslie Brickus.
0: Um, anyway you know there, there was another thing that was at the beginning keep this of, in because i don't want to sound that no either, i'm gonna hard. i'm keep gonna like it in. there was a there's another thing at the beginning of quarantine called club quarantine which is another insta live feed but he would spin i think for about two three hours on insta from his apartment in chicago and he had a constant like he had really good wi-fi he went out uninterrupted and he he would spin for hours and hours and hours and hours and he's he's one of the top djs i can't i can't remember the guy's fucking name i'm sorry his show was incredible other people who were in the business it was like a show like rihanna would comment as he was going like jay-z would comment all these people would comment saying keep spinning keep spinning halle berry all these people would show up so it's like you were watching the cool kids show all eyes were on club quarantine and at the beginning when everyone felt shitty it was like yeah man we're alloyed this is something that this guy's doing this for free you know like he can't spin in the club. So he's going to spin on Instagram live. That's a great idea. He's like giving this work over for free because he wants to make people happy. And I think that there is something to this. That's a bigger idea, more built up, but at its heart, it's still the idea of we want to entertain. And at the beginning, they weren't getting paid for it so long as we know. I mean, so much as we know. Like, obviously, Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight might not be on the charts at the exact moment, but they are fucking legends. I mean, they're, other than Aretha Franklin, who, you know, died very recently, there aren't too many people who punch in the same weight class as a Patti LaBelle. And a Gladys Knight, they helped to create Mm -hmm. the sound. Like you said, the celebration of everybody's music, it makes sense to kind of look. It's back, but it's also look up at the people who are at the top of the pyramid.
1: Well, I agree with you mostly that, no, it's creative, and at worst, it's harmless. Uh, But with the proviso that this is more celebrity worship. And you've heard me say it. I think the celebrity worship has gotten out of hand. You know, I used to joke that what's next, you know? Tom Hanks asleep, the TV series. But like, <laughs> I feel like that's not much of a joke anymore. We're seeing these people fuck around in their home studios, and by the way, part of the charm of this, they're the just like us. This uh, element. A lot of these episodes have been plagued by Wi-Fi problems. Things have shut down. They had to restart.
0: I kind of love that so, though. You know that that's that'd... well, but
1: yeah, that's part of the appeal. But yeah, yeah. What's the point if it doesn't work? Kind of thing. It's just about <laughs> the celebrity, seeing the yeah. celebrity. They're not doing nothing. But I don't know. You know, I'm wary of things that would be no one gives a shit if it's nobody. But at least, you know, I take it back a little because it's not just the celebrities doing the same things we always do. They're talking about their own work. I'd be way more down on this if it was just celebrities playing their favorite songs. But the fact that they're playing songs they actually did, I I really commend them for that because that makes it like, all right, you
0: have to have earned this. Yeah, it's an elite club, essentially. It's like you're saying. exactly.
1: He belongs to
0: me. The boy is mine. Noah, finally, uh, we're going to go to jealousy. And does this inspire any feelings of envy in you? Yeah, sure. I don't
1: know hip hop. I don't know Instagram Live. I'm completely irrelevant. So I'm jealous of everyone who is matters to the world now. I work very hard for my product to be high quality. And especially my virtual product in these times, I'm always working to perfect that. And, you know, still some seams in it. And the fact that this rides on its amateurishness Makes me jealous. I put all this work and it's not appreciated kind of thing. So, fuck yeah, I'm jealous. But, you know...
0: (laughs) I'll, I'll live with it. Yeah, I mean, for the same reason that this is a phenomenon that's largely... I mean, I didn't hear about this until about a week or so ago when we first started batting it around. That it could get away from me, that it was in a place, it was hiding from me in a place that everyone else is looking that I'm not. Now, granted, it's my own goddamn fault I don't use Instagram, but I just don't have a use for it. That's my problem. Knowing that there is stuff like this hiding there, big sensations, not that I'd be watching this every week, but at least I would have liked to have been tuned in to know that it's happening, some sort of scuttlebutt. You know, you were talking about Elvis Costello... And, and Bruce Springsteen kind of doing like a little uh, back slappy, uh, you know, two stools across from each other with acoustic guitar doing, you know, Thunder Road or something like that back and forth and talking about the stories.
1: Now that I think and- about it, are thing, are you ever seen a live from Daryl's house, Daryl Hall Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sure, that? sure. That's pretty Yeah, good. I mean, there are things like that and they're pretty cool. It was
0: VH1 too. Storytellers back in the day. It was almost yeah, entirely yeah, well, like yeah. I was just typing the jealousy segment of my notes and the, and the, literally the, the words Bobby Kimball versus Steve Perry flew out of my hands. <laughs> Like thinking, oh man! What all I, right, that'll you be know, cool. What I, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Bobby Kimball was the the voice in the first out al- first four yeah. albums of Toto. Bobby Kimball has one of those incredible—I uh, don't know what you, what range he's in, but it's just so dynamic. Great rock and roll yeah. voice. He can soar up and down. And Steve Perry, as far as I'm concerned, is the the best male voice in all of. That's why cherry pop, pop and daddies
1: is the greatest rock band ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it, it's like
1: oh you mean the other Steve the Perry other Steve I Perry apologize. nor
0: the sci-fi novelist who wrote the Aliens vs. Predator adaptations oh there's the paperback. really that guy's named Steve Perry too? there's a few different Steve Perry's yeah I, I didn't mean to type that down but I was like god damn you know like that would mean something to me and about seven other people who are all other 45 year old men who live in the suburbs somewhere it would kind of be interesting to, to see 65 year old men what stories do they have to tell each other about their work because somebody like Bobby Kimball and somebody like Steve Perry and somebody like John Anderson from yes, you know whoever these bands I listen to, like they they again they have been in a very elite club. The frontmen of rock and roll bands, you know, you'd love to see Getty Lee tell the stories of what it was oh, like. Oh, that'll be cool. That'll be fucking great. There's plenty of room and plenty of spotlight for old white men to tell their stories. But this is a different kind of thing. It's a different uh, relationship with the work, and it's a different sort of thing to see people, you know, talk about each other's work in in, in such a way. And um, yeah, yeah, you're right. There, there is a lot of unturned stones between. Comedy between other forms yeah. of music, other art forms. That kind of stuff is pretty cool.
1: All right. So, Falonian scale. Where does this rank? I mean, it's got to be pretty high up,
0: right? This is going to sound backhanded, but I I, I kind of ranked it next to Steven Universe. Steven Universe okay. is all right. That's fair. It's a thing I recognize as well done, and I know the people who like it. and I know what they say about it. There's sort of a level like Steven Universe. Some people have described it as being kind of necessary. It, it's a little bit of a corrective, and it's a new way of doing cartoon form, that kind of thing. I have never heard of a Beanie Man song, and I have no idea who Rick Ross is. So Actually,
1: I, I have a terrible, I have a bad opinion of Beanie Man because oh, yeah. the one thing I know about Beanie man not the one thing one of the few things i know is that he's had some really uh
0: homophobic lyrics in the past that is true
1: well he's gotten in a lot of trouble and from what i gather his apologies were all completely hollow so fuck that guy i mean i'm, he, I'm under the impression that he's a, he's a piece. I mean, of
0: he's shit dance man, hall whatever. he's og jamaican so that's kind of a hard yeah. it's a hard thing to crack out there but anyway like i said well, I, I you don't, know what Tough shit.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Get with 2020. I'm saying I don't. Don't I don't expect it. But
0: yeah, it's like I don't roll deep with Rick Ross or Beanie Man to to really dig in and care. You don't roll deep with those guys. I don't roll deep. You're not.
1: You're not in the in the in the booth with them on Saturday night. I'm shocked. Yeah. So so
0: that's that's my level. Like I said, it's something it's something well done, but but not necessarily something that I'm ever gonna tune in on a regular basis for. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think the Steven Universe comparison is pretty good, except for the fact that well, two things. One, it has the finding the silver lining in COVID quarantine kind of thing, mm. which I'm very happy about. All these things that find creative ways. It's something that would no one would have ever done or certainly wouldn't have had as much importance if we weren't quarantined. That gives it 10% more than Steven Universe. And then, of course, I like, compare it to like, other, not just hip-hop, but music where we said, not our thing, but we're glad it's out there. So, yeah, Juice World also... Fiona Apple or whatever. The fact that the well Fiona Apple has, but like the fact that these people generally have really stood the test of time. I like it because it is affirming the idea that to be important, you have to have proved that you have what it takes. Mm-hmm. This is rewarding talent and not just celebrity. This might be the very top of that little quadrant of shit I don't like, but I'm glad it exists. You know what I mean? This yeah, I, lo- the I tippy, love that. You know, th- tippy top of that little subsection. So somewhere in the top quarter, maybe the bottom of the top quarter,
0: bottom of the top eighth kind of thing. Who so, knows? As a service, Noah, to both America and the world at large, I don't, yes, like for America me, I can tell you world. conclusively that that topic did not, that, that rubric did not exist before we started doing the show. I don't think I had... A way to describe certain bits of art until we began to 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 come up with a vocabulary to do so. And and we owe, I owe it all to this show.
1: This show, man, has changed so many lives in such a great way.
0: This this, this we should, what we need to do is go out and uh, a rap battle too. People need to hear us talk about our stories, talk about the different yeah. episodes.
1: Isn't that what we do every week? Actually, pretty right. much. Yeah, we we tell we... our stupid stories that nobody cares about <laughs> except Mary. And
0: uh, John Jung. John Jung and Aaron, Aaron and, uh, uh, Chang. Who's the guy and always tweets about Melissa us. Melissa Silvestri. And, uh... Yeah, sure. I guess that takes us to the end of yet another show. If you'd like to find past episodes of our show, look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and Versus. Uh tweet to us at Noah and Bill show. Write to us Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Go on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. I am on Twitter personally at William Scurry. My video content is on YouTube. YouTube.com slash And now Noah will go on for a little bit about what he does.
1: BigQuist That
0: is all. Wow, brevity.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm tired of marketing, man. I'm done with that. <laughs> I'm done selling myself. Yeah, bigquisting.com
0: if if you like trivia events. And why wouldn't you? (laughs) Well, everybody, uh, until next week, we certainly do not get it. A production of
1: American Caesar Enterprises 2020.